Artist Uprising. We have started a movement. Call it a revival for arts and entertainment, call it a renaissance or united belief. That creativity should be undoubtedly expressed in a way that shapes culture for the better. That artists should have the resources they need to do the work that runs through their veins. And with the gathering of resources, we will one day abolish the phrase, starving artist. Day and night, the movement does not cease, for creativity never sleeps. Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming back to Artist Uprising. This is your host, Larry G. I'm super humbled to have you back for another episode to listen, learn, and grow, and to make an investment into your development and growth. We love bringing on guests with unique stories that are making a splash in the creative world, and today's guest is incredible. Like her energy is infectious, her smile is contagious, the positivity that she emanates and embodies from the moment I met her is truly one of the coolest things to witness and observe, so I'm excited you're going to get to witness this today. She is one of the craziest schedules in the world, so the fact that she made time for us, I'm super humble and grateful. So let me get into this. Anyways, so... Born in Toronto, Canada, Kate C. Amro's life has taken her many places. She studied in over 11 schools across the U.S., ending up in Dallas-Fort Worth uh, for high school, where she eventually decided to stay and pursue journalism and photography originally. And that's music journalism, by the way. At 19, her first job in Dallas was as a second shooter for shows and festivals. This led to her interviewing people at festivals such as Untapped, Index, and Homegrown. She's done freelance work as a writer for publications such as Throad and the Dallas Observer. More recently, Kate has been the manager at one of the best vinyl record shops in the country, Spinster Records. For over the past five years, calling it oddly her identity as many people connect with her at the store. But more importantly, the shop, which is owned by David Grover, is Kate's heart and soul. She wears many hats from promoting local music, setting up shows, and honestly getting people into records and music through good old social media. The job has given her many special and unique opportunities, such as helping and working at the record store at Coachella through Alex Rodriguez of Golden Voice as well as meeting many local artists in the area who are releasing a record, helping them connect locally. She's also dipped her toes in DJing gigs herself too. Her boyfriend, Hunter Mooring, is a musician in a few bands, does illustrations and designs, which she has incorporated, along with a few other folks, into the store's Oak Cliff apparel line. All in all, Kate is just doing her best to make the store a local creation that embraces music and reflects what Oak Cliff and Dallas is all about. Kate, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us. I know. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> oh my goodness. I felt very, I'm all flustered now. I'm blushing. It's quite the bio. It is an interesting bio. I definitely want. All over the place. Looking forward to get into that. So you know, just starting off, let's get with your backstory. Um, yeah. I mean, coming to Dallas, uh, my introduction to Dallas was the suburbs, which isn't quite where anyone wants to end up when you're no. a teenager here. I no. think everyone dreads it. And I was in McKinney, Texas, of all places, um, which now I appreciate it now when I drive up to McKinney, I, I, I find it really cute and it's quaint. It's, ador a it's adorable. City. It's a nice little but city. But as a teenager, I hated it. And right. um, once I came to Dallas, uh, I actually really experienced it for the first time when I was 16. I went to a show in Deep Ellum 
And I did embarrassingly enough go through a super ska phase and I was like, I'm gonna go see Streetlight Manifesto at the door. And I went to the show and all these people were kicking the crap out of each other. And I was like, I'm gonna stay here. And (laughs) I just, I had like a moment. I was like, this place is cool. And I I remember um, disappearing a bit from my friends when we left Mm -hmm. and Deep Elm was still really rough then. Cause I had to be like 2006 or 2007. Right. And um, I finally met up with my friends. They're like, They're re- it's really rough down here. Someone's gonna rob you or you know, shank you or something. And I remember going back up to McKinney. I was like, I really like Dallas. <laughs> I just you had did. like a really, I don't know. I'd like, it had like a kind of grittiness to it that I really loved. And when I was younger, we lived in Ann Arbor and I loved, some of my childhood was in Ann Arbor and I really enjoyed it. And I loved Detroit and it was in the early 2000s. So I remember as a kid, my mom blasting the white stripes and like oh. the Detroit Cobras and being like, Detroit's yeah. so cool. And yes. when I came to Dallas, I was like, ooh, Dallas is gritty in that same way. Yeah, It's kind of industrial. Yes. And, and it's kind of weird seeing it gentrified even. And I think um, even though I'm not from here originally, I can see people who kind of like grit their teeth and they're like, ah, oh, the gentrification. But it's also, it's cool. It's kind of coming up from the ashes, like a phoenix of a city, you know? Right. So. Yeah. I think that, you know, that that happens a lot with a lot of cities as far as like around, you know, I think like even where Spinster is, yeah. they've kind of seen like a whole gentrification. Oh, yeah. Correct? I mean, I get people coming in all the time who um, hate it. And then I have other people who love it. I, I, it's it's so conflicting. I mean, um, even where I'm from in Toronto, like my area is getting gentrified where I'm from. And I love that it's safer, you know, and it's yeah. more family friendly, sure. Mm-hmm. But that sandwich shop I love got destroyed and now oh, it's a condo. Yeah. And, I, you know, and then that's the conflicting part is like realizing, oh my gosh, these places I love are changing and kind of going with the change is hard. And I can see that. And yeah. Definitely see that. Now, kind of going back to what you were saying, yeah. you were talking about Michigan and Detroit. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I mentioned earlier in your bio, it says here that you were born in Canada. Mm-hmm. How long did you live in Canada? Not too long. Not so too long. Um, my mom despised the fact that we were moving to the States, oh, boy. <laughs> which kind of cracks me up because like when we were kids, like all our family and all our friends, like they're all in Toronto. Yeah. So my parents were like the weird ones who were like, we're going to America. And they're like, why are you leaving? <laughs> Toronto's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and we moved to California. My dad's an engineer, so he wanted to be a part of that Silicon Valley boom in the right. 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we moved there, and then we moved to Oregon, and then we moved to Michigan, and then back to Oregon, and then the recession hit, and everyone came to Texas, which is hilarious because I meet so many transplants who ended up in Was Dallas. Was that the year you came? Yeah, okay. and it, I think a lot of it had to do with the recession, and there were still jobs in, in Texas. And Texas really survives almost any economic downfall. Right. Like, so it, it's kind of a crazy state. And I think it's because the tax laws, I'm not going to get in that, but anyways, no. uh, so we, we moved here in high school and it was a culture shock because all the other places we were in prior were very liberal and kind of edgy. And we always lived kind of closer to cities or downtown areas. So it was kind of- And kinda, then you're in McKinney. And then you're in McKinney yeah. <laughs> with cows and, and teenagers yeah. going through the emo phase. And right. it was weird. And so people wearing like stuff from Laguna Beach show. I remember people wearing Abercrombie and Fitch and I'm like, there's no beach nearby. Like, what are you doing? American Eagle. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you guys wearing? There's right. no beach close to us right now. And you're wearing like these shells on your neck. Like, what are you doing? I think that kind of like, is something that happens and this isn't a knock but like 
kids in the suburbs in areas like this where there is no mountains there or there are no mountains there are no oceans they're kind of stuck in the middle where they kind of get their ideas from kind of what they're seeing you know like on television yeah. at the time social media wasn't obviously as prevalent as it is today you know so um i could see like how people could be lost in the sauce <laughs> oh it's interesting i, yeah. I kind of loved it though because like the counterculture to yeah. how conservative it was was so extra. Like if you went to a house show, like these kids were destroying their houses. And I was like, oh, that wouldn't really happen up north. No. Like my dad would kill me, but I'd go right. to these shows and people would be throwing stuff out windows. And I was like, oh my God, like Dallas is like, this whole DFW area is like kind of hardcore. Right. <laughs> like in comparison to where, the, where I was originally. Um, Do you remember your first like show in Texas? Kind of. Uh, I mean, there was quite a few in high school. Um, I used to go out to Princeton, Texas, which is the middle Whoa. of nowhere. No, I've and, never been. Yes. And that's like east of McKinney. And they'd have these like crazy metal shows and Whoa. and these houses. And sometimes it'd be in places that were completely left to be. Like, like it would just be these dilapidated houses, which is what made me think of Detroit in a lot of ways, which right. I guess that's why I was like, oh, this place is cool. <laughs> I'm seeing the Because good music comes from places that Detroit. are ruined yeah uh, yes so, no i mean um the, i mean going to denton was a big thing so I, I went to a lot of house shows in denton and i remember thinking oh denton's really cool and uh i mean it just grew on me and then once i came to dallas i think i, I don't know if everyone else experienced this but my first time coming to Dallas, really like in the sense of being able to sneak into places to drink yeah. was um probably like 2012 2013 and I remember going to the design district all the time for like these weird kind of art gallery parties that they would host. And was it, did it, was it before it became what it is? Yeah, now? no, yeah. totally. And I felt like I'd get like an invite and this is before fire marshals figured out how to use Facebook, <laughs> oh, but you get like yes. an invite to something like at an art gallery and yeah. it'd be like so-and-so's playing and you'd show up and everyone's drinking. And it was just like a good time party around art. So you felt kind of sophisticated, right. but like, you know, like it, it felt cool, like being 19 or 20 and not able to drink yet. And America uh, I was like but then coming into a party and being yeah. able to yeah yeah it felt very lively and I was like man I'm gonna stay here because the city like like I was thinking going back to Toronto and then I was like you know if I stay in Dallas it's a littler pond but I like that everyone knows each other and they just want to expand the city right like everyone I met whether they were creating music or they're an artist or a writer like everyone wanted to promote everybody else there was this very good embrace yeah and it didn't base itself off your genre or what you look like. It was very welcoming to all. Like I right. could go to a hip sh hip hop show, but there was also like punks there, which you wouldn't really see in other cities. No, you wouldn't. And, and you could go to a blues show and run into some kids who listen to pop music. So it wasn't like, you never felt like your scene was dedicated to one area. You could go to three links and still see soul music. Yeah. And it wasn't weird, you know, but in another city, like if you went to a punk venue, God forbid if a country band played or a soul band played. So I think it's still kind of what's cool about Deep Ellum is that there's still parts of just Deep Ellum itself where everything's spread out and it still works. Yeah, you no, know? it totally works. I mean, David, uh, David Grover, who owns Spinster Records, he's originally from Hawaii. He lived in LA most of his life. Yeah. 
He moved to Dallas, opened that store. Um, but I mean, he had a different experience because he came to Deep Elm in the 90s when he was in a band and they were touring. Yeah. And he couldn't forget how chaotic and crazy and wonderful Deep Elm was. Right. And it goes on these waves. Like, and I'm kind of nervous with this whole pandemic where Deep Elm's going to lie after right. this because it was getting like a certain amount of traction. It was. And now I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, crime rates going up and whatnot. But um, I mean, it has such a rich history like it's gritty and I, I i like the grittiness of it and i know there's certain sections being gentrified but i still think that's there like people go there for that you know so it's gonna find its way i think so. um i think too like um what you were saying when it comes to the diversity of like the music in in general um that that's kind of a staple that i don't think will really leave i don't know i just don't see that happening no. even after but i do agree like after this whole pandemic thing, just what exactly the next, you know, what, what's yeah, what happen? are we, <laughs> like, what, what will are, we be? <laughs> how are shows going to be? Are we going to be in bubbles? You know, yeah. like, uh, it's get It's going to be interesting. And I know like, uh, at Spencer, you, you know, you, you actually have sometimes artists come through and, and do shows and, you know, can you kind of like give me an idea of what that looks like in the future or actually like what it looks like now oh, we have uh, nothing. in this day and age? We have nothing. I mean, it's uh that was the first thing that was really hard on me was canceling all the shows for the summer yeah. like i remember when march hit i was looking at our line and i was like man like sure and sure we're not a venue in the grand scheme of like trees or even double wide like all these other places that have great music playing yeah. all the time um but it was one of those things where i had to call up people and say hey your your show's canceled like there's a pandemic and and we haven't gone back there yet because we are a small place like we're not a big store therefore even if we had a show we couldn't have that many people inside without worrying about you know sicknesses and whatnot so um we're kind of just waiting it out until it's okay to not wear a mask that was kind of where we left it we're like okay once it's normal to go somewhere and them not ask you to wear a mask when you come in maybe we can start booking shows then because we have a stage and and Bishop Arts has a lot of live music happening. Revelers Hall has been going like every day. Yeah. So I mean, um, Kessler's still going. Yeah, you know? all those places have found a way to go. Yeah. If we were outdoor, I think it'd be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and I and I think there's ways, like if you're outdoor, it helps so much. Totally. And uh, it was funny during this pandemic, we've watched everyone build outdoor seating like in Bishop Arts. <laughs> yes. Like we've watched this a slow amount of everyone is outdoor seating now because you know it's it lessens the risks um but if i go anywhere i'm outdoors yeah you have to be outdoors like i'm me. the same way anytime anyone asks me about anything i'm like is it outdoor are there heaters <laughs> we're getting the cold season I'm, I'm, I'm gonna bear it i would just go wear a fur me coat too. wherever i go i'm not going inside like especially small. it's like an incubator yeah. for, for sickness exactly no i i can't and it's hard it's no. hard as an extrovert i feel like i i, I it's before this pandemic it was i would go out four times a week yeah. to shows and I would anything going on whether it was a friend's DJ night and it was super mellow to like a great thing at like I don't know like uh, Club Dada all those places it, and it's so hard not to be doing that because that was such a tradition for seven years like I think oh my gosh I was doing that since I was 21 like to crazy. that's how I've met everyone that's yeah. how I've been myself is just being social and going out so um you were talking about, uh, yeah. in the bio, it says you were 19 when you started shooting yes. festivals. I couldn't drink at them either. It sucked. <laughs> tell me, tell so. me how, how did that come about? Um, gosh, um, 
So I was working at, oh, I wasn't working. I was going to a lot of art shows because those were the one, like when you're underage, yeah, you can't get into bars, but you can always get into an art show. Yeah. And I was so eager to go out at that age that I was going to all these art shows. And then um, one day my friend asked me like, hey, my friend's getting photo, he's doing a photo thing. Would you like to be a model? And I was like, oh, don't mind. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know? But anyone, of course. If anyone asks you to ever be in a photo thing, you're always kind of blushing. I'm like, oh, okay, me, I'm not, I'm not registered as a model, <laughs> but go. I'll be a model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they asked me if I wanted to be a model for this levitation shoot. And I don't know, do you know Eric Boff, OG Nom? Yes, yes, I love OG Nam. I love you if you're listening. Yes. I love you. So him, he was doing these photos and I got to be in it and him and I really hit it off because he's from Michigan and we started talking yes, about our life is. and growing up. Oh and and um, and then I looked at him and I said, oh man, I really miss shooting. And, and it's kind of crazy like how one conversation might change your whole existence. True, and very true. Yeah, it's wild. And he, I think he was shooting for you at a point too, he wasn't had, he? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yes, Cause yes, I remember yes. you on our listing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so we like, so we're, we're talking and I said, I really miss shooting. And when I was in high school, I shoot photography for yearbook and, yeah. and I was like, I'm too young to like go to bars. And he's like, Oh, I'll get you in. Like, like you can be my second shooter. Like if you think you're good, like I sent him my stuff and he's like, Oh, this is good. Like, yeah. Like if you, she's like, she knows everything about composition. She can go. And, and, and it was nice. Cause like when you're a woman in the arts, every time you approach dudes with things, you're like, is he creepy or not creepy? Like, it's kind of this thing you do. You're like, is he a creep or is he you're not a creep? smart. And That's he was super sweet. Like yeah. I, I met him and I was like, Oh, this is super professional. So he was super cool the whole time. Um, and he just kind of embraced me in it. And it was nice, like meeting somebody who I didn't know that well, who was like, Hey, I, I'm going to, whatever you need, I got you. Like, right. like I'm going to help you out. You're my new buddy. And so he took me under his wing and oh, I love him. Yeah. I just started shooting with him and, and I couldn't shut up. Like, like that was really the problem. I'd go to these shows and I'd be a photographer and, and I, I would be talking to everybody cause right. I, I, I'm uncomfortable when I'm not talking. Yeah. And um, I just started meeting people and, and then it got weirder because I would talk to security guards and then end up backstage somewhere and then Ojinam would have to come find me. <laughs> so so that's how I started interviewing in a weird way. Cause this, I, is like a, this is like a story from like a <laughs> show or a movie. So, so almost we, famous. We, we started doing these like festivals and the first index we did, uh, I, I was like talking to, who was, I was talking to Andrew Bird and, and he came oh back Oh my there. goodness, oh, this I is love where him. It starts going through weird things. And, yes. and so he pulled me away cause we had to shoot. We were actually, I think who were shooting? We're shooting, um, oh goodness, I can't remember their names and they're big now. Uh, they're from Alabama. Shoot. Anyways, no, but that's the first thing that comes to mind, isn't it? I was, about, I was gonna say, imagine dragons. I'm kidding. No, no, please don't. No, I can't stand that. No, no, um, no disrespect. It's so bad. Uh, so, anyways, no. um, we were shooting this show, and he finally looked at me and said, "Oh, do you write at all?" And I remember being like, "Yeah, I love writing. Like, I want to do music journalism. That's my dream thing. That's what I'm going to college for right now is journalism." And he's like why aren't you interviewing these people? Like you're having these like full conversations with folks coming through and there's people signing up for time slots to do that. 
So I started doing that and I met the zine throat. I met Renzo and Lee and all these people doing yes. that at the time. And I was like, Hey, like I want to do your music stuff. I, and thread, yeah. I just had a lot of vigor and I was yes. like, pick me. And they were like, yeah, cool. Like you're chick or you're, you seem all right. That's so cool. You're Canadian. Let's take you in. Yeah. So they took me in and I started finding people left and right. Cause I'd go to a house show. Like, um, I don't know. Do you know Rat Rios? Samantha, yes. she moved to, yes, she recently moved away and I love Where'd her she move? Uh, she's Portland. Okay. She's in Portland I now. Love Portland. So weird. So many people have moved during this. I'm like, ah. Shout out to Rat Rios. I know. And I remember the first time I saw her, it was in a garage at an SMU party. And I didn't even go to SMU. I just met some guy who went there and he was like, I have a house party I'm going to. And I was like, I'll come with you. And I'm sure it was crazy. It was awesome. Yeah. It was, it was a little cutesy. Like SMU yeah. doesn't go hard. No. <laughs> like it was very proper. <laughs> it felt like it was a very proper house party. Right. Um, but I remember seeing her play and I was like, I want to interview her. So I just started like picking people I'd meet at these parties and talking to them and interviewing them and writing it out and doing it for Throat. And it really just helped me connect with people. Right. And by that time, um, OG Nam kind of saw that and he was like, hey, I'm working for Spoon. He's like, do you want to start interviewing people on video camera? Like, do you have a video guy? Cause we can set that up and then you can have like a couch and stuff. And I was like, man, like, and I'm 20 at the time. I don't think I'm 21 yet. Yeah, I was like, oh no, I just turned 21. Cause I remember this is the first festival I could drink at. And I was yeah. so excited. Yeah. And I, I threw up at the door, profit bar. I remember throwing up in the restroom cause I got way too drunk. After you did the interviews. After the interviews, yes. yes they were proper Always interviews. Always after the interviews. Yeah. <laughs> I, I interviewed Blitz and Trapper and then I was like, okay, I need to throw up. Like, like I need a drink and then throw up. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Oh my goodness. So um, we uh, set that up. And that was kind of the beginning of it all. Like like in that sense of like feeling, okay, I got this down. So would you say uh, OG was the he's guy, the guy. That, the champion Yeah, you? he's the champion. You always yeah. got to have that one he, person, he's that person in those stories. That and I want to be that person. Like yeah, I think I all of us, that. like if we're in a scene long enough, we want, when we meet someone younger, we're like, I want to be the reason you get further, <laughs> you know, like in a weird messed up way. I hear you. Like, I hear you. It's, like it's, we a, all beautiful, kinda, it's a beautiful thing. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, like when you see someone do good and you're like, yeah, like the I helped that. I set up that show. The you older know? you get, like for me, especially being able to do that, put people in the right places, introducing them to that's just everything. Yeah. It feels know? good. It's a very good feeling. It's, it's why PR works out for me. Cause like, it's right. just the thing that gets me like really happy about life. Um, so at that time, yeah, 21. So I'm 27. So six years, five or six years ago. Um, I, uh, I was in Oak Cliff and I was living with a photographer named Dylan White, who right. I'm still best friends with. And we had this like really like cockroach infested loft off of Tyler and Davis. It was pretty gnarly. Wow. Okay. Uh, rent was three fifty each. And this was like before the rise yeah. of Bishop Arts. Not bad at all. Okay. Like that's when you yeah. could really score a place in yeah. that area. And um, I was walking home from somewhere and I saw Spinster Records. And I remember walking in and I bought a share record and I bought Father John Misty. And I started talking to David and we just hit it off because him and I are like the same energy. I don't fully believe in horoscopes. He's a Sagittarius. I'm an Aries. I was like, five this years is right. Ago, right? Yeah, this five years ago. Wow. And so we hit it off. And I remember him just being like, man, like you're, you, you seem really involved. And I was like, I am like, I was just so like happy and confident, you yeah. know? And I went home and at the time, uh, Nick Mexker, 
I probably messed up his last name. Uh, I love him to death. (laughs) (laughs) He uh, was working there and David got my information through him and was like, I want her to work here. Like, I really would love that. And I totally missed his voicemail for like two months. So he had no idea. (laughs) I didn't know. So for like two months, like there was this voicemail. I never check my voicemails. Like, God forbid if something is really important in there. I'm so sorry. How it happens. Um, But I had this voicemail from David saying, hey, I really love your energy. Like, let's meet up for coffee and I'm really looking for someone to hire for the store. And it's my dream job. Like, since I was in high school, like, I remember watching High Fidelity and none of the women clicked with me, but I was like, I'm John Cusack. Like, I just remember seeing him being like, I'm miserable, like that guy, like that guy I feel. And um, so, yeah, once I finally found that out, I like immediately like was like, David, I'm so sorry. Like, I want to. Yeah, let's meet up. And immediately I was working for him. But we had this uh, interview and it was kind of like awkward because we were hitting it off like friends. But it was also a job interview, which yeah. is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, so what can you do for the store? Like, what, what, what do you feel is like something that you could independently give to the store? And I started panicking because I'm like. I I was like photography and he's like oh I already have someone doing photos and I was like ah, I don't know um, event planning and at the time Chris, this other guy there was doing all our events and I was like I don't know and I was like what do women do in their 20s social media and I like like said it in this interview because I was like and, and before that I wasn't like super into social media like right. I, like the word influencer has so much cringe to it like I mean I hear what you're saying. It's a little cringeworthy, right. a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah. it's a little cringe. Yeah, it's a little you. cringe. I, I, my voice is going a little high because I'm in that placement now. So, you, you know, I, 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 this is like, I dealt my own grave. Yeah. I dug it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I remember saying social media and he was like, okay. And at the time I had one friend who was very successfully doing social media for her job. Right. And I remember writing her and being like, what do I do? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm really nervous and I'm usually behind the scenes. I'm taking photos or I'm interviewing. Like, I don't know how to do this. And she's like, just look cute and throw yourself in all the photos. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound too difficult. That sounds really easy. Right. So, um, I just dressed up every day and came to work and like, and, and took and and started to try and find things I thought were important to other people where I was like, this is important to me. Hopefully it's important to you. I mean, in a lot of ways you, you, I'm sure you know this, you kind of are the face of spinster. I get people yelling it at me at grocery stores, which is offensive term, by the way, like to to like run up to a woman and be like, spinster. Do you hear this? Do not yell that. This is a warning to all of you. I I mean, God forbid if I never get married and have children and I'm like 50 years old and I have someone who's like yelling at me and they're like, you spinster, you know? When did you decide to like, so you got the information from your friend on like posting yeah i do remember a period i don't know if you still do it where you're playing a record and you're actually talking and stuff like a videos <laughs> and stuff you were doing that right yeah i still do still stuff do that. like that okay. once in a while if i have the courage you know it's not the courage i think that's part it's of a the mood brand. so do you realize you're a brand though yeah i did realize it one day i, I realized it I realized it when I started dating somebody. It was just weird. Cause I, cause for a while I was like, you know, single and having fun. So I didn't think anything of it. And then, um, I got hired for Coachella, which was weird. So I started, you got to tell me about this. Yeah. So this is weird. So, so (laughs) I got to hear the Coachella story. Okay. So I, um, so I was, (laughs) 
working at Spinster and I was sitting there and I was like, man, you have like the whole world at your fingertips on Instagram in the grand scheme of brands or stores. So I started looking up every record store in the world and following it and just getting involved, which which is weird because it takes you outside your realm, but you're still in a very small community because there's yeah. still not a lot of record stores that exist. Right. Um, so I started following people, people in Italy. Like it was weird. Like I was like, I'm going to go to Japan. I'm going to go to like Germany. Is this Germany. you doing it from the Spinster yeah. account? Yeah. Spinster account and my own account. Cause okay. I was like, I want to be my own person too. Love you it. know, like, like you I'm, knew, you knew, you I'm saw, you had the vision for this. It was a vision. I was like, I yeah. want to, I want to be the record lady. Um, oh, so awesome. <laughs> I like started following these people. And then if I found things that really moved me, like people who moved me, I was like, you know, I'm going to write them and say, Hey, I like what you're doing. I live in Dallas. If you're ever in the area, I work at this record store, swing on by. And it was kind of one of those things. And I came across one guy named Alex Rodriguez, who was super cool and his stuff. And I don't know if he'll end up watching this, but anyways, he what has, up, Alex? he's hilarious. Like, like everything he was posting was making me cry. Like it was so funny. And he works in LA and I was like, okay, this guy works for Glasshouse. So I just kind of was like, yeah, I love all your stuff. And so I didn't know this, but he curated the Coachella record store. So this had no aim. This is very lucky. So he um, posted online one day and he was like, hey, I'm looking for people who work at record stores because I don't want to get like people who are just here to dress up. Yeah. You have to know your stuff um, who would like to work the Coachella record store. I want to get like an eclecticness. Like I want to get some people from New York, get some people from Florida, people from Texas. And I was like, I'm Texas. So, so I like sent it in my resume and he was like, okay, yeah, you're in. And then I had like a moment where I was like, I don't know anyone. (laughs) Like, Like I just had a panic moment where I was like, I'm going to coach. And I had no money at the time. I was like, really like kind of struggling. (laughs) And I remember being like, I need to find a plane ticket to go to Coachella to for two weeks. Oh my! With nowhere to what stay. Year was this? What year? This is like 2016. Amazing. I think Amazing. yeah, it's 2016. So I started panicking, and I'm like, you know, screw it. It'll figure itself out. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go alone. I don't need anybody. So I like hitchhiked a ride there, which was really weird. Get out! <laughs> it of gets weird, town. man. So, but I found these people from Fort Worth, okay. so it made me feel comfortable. So you knew them from Fort Worth. Kind. Okay. I didn't know them yet, but I was like, I'm gonna know them, and they're yeah. gonna give me a ride, hopefully. Right. And they were into board games, and I was like, I like Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I'm totally right. down with the. I'm a nerdy person at heart. That is so. If cool. you talk to me long enough, I I, I love comic books. I love video games. So I was super down with it. I was like, cool. So I got a ride from them and I borrowed someone's tent I knew in LA and I was like, give me your tent. And I like just slept on the floor of this tent. No. It was it was kind of its own thing. So when so you get, he was like, you can work the store, but we're not providing like lodging or anything. No, they don't quite provide lodging because the assumption is most of the people who work the store are mostly from LA. They yeah. usually work for Amoeba or they work for Glasshouse uh, right? Records. Yeah. Um and so it's kind of, it's really beautiful. They hook you up though with like food and everything. So you're set. But the assumption is usually you're gonna come with a tent or something. Right. I didn't know this till I got there. So I was like, ah, like calling. And I called David uh, Grover, his son, to borrow his tent. I was like, hey, I know your dad, I work for him. Can I borrow your tent? He's like, okay. Oh. <laughs> and so I got his tent 
slept the night on his couch and then hitchhiked to Coachella. And then I met all these people and festival people. I know festivals, people. But I, I can be a little curmudgeon at heart. Right. So sometimes like I love festivals and then there's a little piece of me where I'm like, ah, I hate festivals. Like we're just, it's just on the corporate side of things. On the corporate side of things. Yeah. Um, I always wish they would thrive in Dallas. Um, I, know. I know they end so quickly and they uh. should thrive. Um, but yeah, so like I, so I like, get to this festival it's kind of overwhelming because right. you're a you're in an oasis there's no one should live there like like palm springs shouldn't exist okay it's literally an oasis it is and and so it's all dusty it it, it doesn't feel <laughs> but it's cool it's cool it's, it is so it's it cool is. that it exists you know were you able to go see the shows and stuff oh yeah so this is the coolest part so when you get to work that festival this is awesome so they, you work both weekends, right? And they have time in between, uh, of course. And then um, both weekends they switch your schedule, so you can see everything technically. So, so if like the week you were working during that show, you can go the next weekend and see it in that period. You were there for both weeks. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You have to be there for both weeks. Um, so you have like a whole dead week before the show. Yeah, started and I didn't know what weekend. I was gonna do in that dead week. Yeah. I, I kept thinking like I have no money. And then I met this beautiful woman named Keely, and she was like, I'm a surfer. And Just I was like, Just name alone. Yeah. I'm I was sold. like, I, like when I met her, I was like, Who is this? Like, she's so lovely. What's um, up, Keely? Yeah. And I met her, and she was like, You know, I live in Redondo Beach and I surf. And I was like, Well, this is who I need to hang out perfect, with. Like, yeah. this is a beautiful person. Yeah. So I, I hung out with her, and then I actually, I did kind of a road trip with this one guy from Sub Pop, because there was a bunch of people Sub from Pop, different okay. labels, cool. yeah, yeah, or different record stores. But he was interesting, his name's Brett, and he worked at the Sub Pop in the airport, in the record shop in the airport. Amazing. But he also was in a glam band, so he had like his nails done up and stuff, and he was really charming. He slept in my tent, so I felt really safe the whole time yeah. I was there, because I was like, right. I got the glam band guy. He's not gonna let anything happen to me. No one's messing with yeah, me. Yeah, like, like no one's yeah. touching me, got glam band, exactly. Brett here, who's wearing a Motorhead shirt, he's he's my guy. Cause, Cause it's a beautiful festival and sense of people. Like when you walk around that festival, if you're a normal person, you feel like that song Creep by Radiohead, yeah. You're just like looking around, you're like, oh my God, everyone's perfect. Like, like it's kind of overwhelming, like how many beautiful people go to this thing. And I was staring off in the distance and these women were walking by and they were like floating. Like they were walking so gracefully, I felt like they were flying kind of, like levitating. It just looked like a commercial. Yeah, and then I looked at Keely and I was like, those are the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. And she's like, oh, those are Victoria's Secret models. And then once I looked at them closer, I was like, they are. Like oh. I just realized I've seen them on the runway. <laughs> like those are Victoria's Secret models. But it's 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 weird. I actually suggest everyone to go to that at least once because it's just such a weird experience. It's the one festival that I want to go to. You should go to it's it. Just one Just time. drive in, just Don't don't do anything fancy. Fancy, don't get all the extra stuff. Just go to the like, you know, ten it up. Everyone internationally goes to it. So like you run into so many people who are from Japan and from England. I mean, I don't know what to what's gonna happen in the future yeah. given COVID and yeah. festivals. But man, like it was worth it. Like I remember getting on the plane and being like, wow, like that was a ride. I'm gonna sleep for a week. I believe like in times <laughs> so, like these though, yeah. in times like these, you look back on that and you're probably like I'm so glad I did that. Yeah, I'm happy I didn't die. Like, like I keep right. thinking, like, how many times someone could have murdered me? Oh. <laughs> like, like I was so how did gullible. You get, how did you get back? Was it the same crew? The same crew. Yeah, I met okay. them. Yeah, I met up with them. Um, I remember 
I remember coming home and just sleeping for three days, like I, because I, I didn't sleep at all. And um, the second weekend, I, I stayed with the guy who hired me, and yeah. he rented out this huge, beautiful house. Okay. And there were all these like WrestleMania guys there. I know it gets weird. What? But I didn't know at that time. I didn't know Dallas had a wrestle convention, which oh. everyone else seems to know about. I don't know if you guys know this. I don't. Okay, so there's no. like usually a wrestling convention, wow. and I remember this is the weirdest part. This is what made the world feel really small. I was like hanging out with this guy and we're drinking and he's like super buff, like wrestle dude, you know, yeah. like this guy wrestles for a living. And I didn't know his name, I can't remember. But he was like, he's like, I love Dallas, I'm vegan. And I was like, that's a weird thing. I've never heard someone say they love Dallas because they're vegan. And then I was like, why? Like I, I had to connect, he's like, you guys have Spiral Diner. And I was like, Which is right whoa. in your neighborhood. Yes, yeah. and I, I thought immediately, I was like, yeah, man, I love Spiral Diner. He's like, I met the coolest person there. And I was like, so who'd good. you meet? Because I had to know, because it's such a small community Did in Dallas. And he's met. like, he's like, yeah, man, our waiter, I get the same guy every time. So he has frizzy hair and has eyeliner. And I was like, that's Aaron Gonzalez from Yells at You. <laughs> like, I just had like a moment where I was like, I know that guy. And he's like, that's and he's like, him. that's the coolest guy ever. He's so weird. And I was like, yeah, he's amazing. Like. And it just, it's such a small world sometimes. Yep. I, I live for those moments, you know what I mean? It is. When you it, meet people, it feels small. Like Surprisingly enough, when you get out, I mean, when you get out there and you're in places like that, it's crazy to think of like, who knows who and just how small. Well, you've toured before, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So you know, any yes. musician who's toured, yeah. even if it's small or big, whatever way, it feels smaller, I think. It does, it does, 100%. 100%. Um, when you, going back again, I yes. just wanna ask the question <laughs> now. Sorry, you I'll go to tangents. You mentioned your mother uh, playing some White Stripes. Yes. Um, growing up in Michigan. Yes. Would you say that was like your formidable years when it comes to like music? Oh yeah, I mean, my parents, oh, I have new wave parents. So I have very cool Whoa. parents. They're cooler than I am. Like, like I say yes. I like things and they're like, I was there. And I'm like, okay, mom, that's great. You got to dance to New Order in person. Like sounds everyone like loves my, you. Sounds like my oldest sister, so, Rain, in so, Bangkok. How are you? Yeah, Love right? You. Everyone has that person, their family though, right? Yes. You're like, ah, oh, you're all so wise and you did it. Um, so yeah, they were always listening to stuff. Um, whenever I got into records, my mom started handing me like record after record. She's like, oh, listen to Idiot by Iggy Pop. Like that's what Ian hung himself to. And I'm like, okay, mom. And so like, they're really informative. Um, but I remember, <laughs> I remember I went to go touch the cramps. My dad's like, you're not allowed to touch those. Like oh. I wasn't allowed near his cramps and the jam. And I was like, okay. And it, and, and it grew, I always grew up that way though. Like even as a kid, um, whenever we were babysats, cause our parents were going to shows. Um, and I'm the oldest of three. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. And I mean, my dad was a musician when he was younger before he nerded out and became an engineer. Engineer, yeah. To provide for his family. Yeah, exactly. Like a wonderful human. I love my father. <laughs> uh, I love my mom and I love my dad. Right. Um, so they're awesome. Uh, I think actually there's been always an ease to kind of do as I please when it co comes to life because of my parents because they always embraced uh, the arts, even though my dad's in engineering and my mom, she got lucky enough to be an at-home mom, which is like a leisure. And the older I get, I'm like, that's a leisure. Like right. when you have your mom at home, super leisure. Um, but yeah, they were always really cool about it because they were in the arts when they were younger. My mom worked in fashion, she modeled. And then my dad, he had his band, but there was always that backup plan where he's like, okay, if I'm not famous, like I need to do something, like I need to make money, you know? Um, 
So it was always really cool in that way. Now that I'm getting closer to 30, I think sometimes my dad gives me the side eye where he's like, what's your backup plan? You know, right. like, like, like what, what are you doing, you yeah. know? Um, but they're they're lovely, they're super, they're Canadian parents. You don't get better than Canadian parents. Um, yeah, they're super sweet. Love it. Um, but the White Stripes, so, so in Ann Arbor, Michigan, they were playing on college radio. This is before they really blew up and they came out with some music videos and they were like, so I remember having like a crush on Jack White, which is a little weird at that who, age. Who I was, you have to understand though, I was like seven at the time. I right. was really young. And I remember looking, seeing him on TV and I was like, that's gonna be my husband someday. And I was like so kind of crazy look in my eye. And I remember looking at my mom and was like, mom, I'm only wearing red, black and white. Like don't buy me any other clothing. And I had just gone through like a really bad phase of Avril Lavigne, you know, cause it's age, you know, like right. I, I never had all these ties in my closet right. and I was wearing wristbands. I was like, I want to skateboard, but I can't do tricks. Um, you were, so you, were you an Avril Lavigne fan? I did go through that phase. I hated, I hated the boy bands. I never went through an NSYNC phase. And I kind of appreciate them now, like, cause, cause there's something about them. But like when I was that old, I thought I was being so hardcore. I was like, yeah, screw NSYNC, but Avril Lavigne. <laughs> like, like, and she's Canadian. So I was like, oh, she's Canadian, Very like cool. me. We're yeah. tomboys. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it was embarrassing. I don't tell anyone, this is coming out right now. I love this. No one knows this. There's you, photos, it's really bad. Really? It's really bad. Is there a video of you singing? There might be. So Skater Boy might be on video somewhere in my family's bowl. <laughs> Skater Boy. Oh. I might delete it if I see it. It's Were so you bad. Were some 41? <laughs> yes, I love some 41. Yes. No, I loved Blink-182 as well. Blink like like yeah. anything of that genre. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah, super yeah. into it. Um, I remember getting a Shiny Tunes CD for Christmas, though. And I remember on it was... Uh, uh, Fatboy Slim was on it, and I remember yeah. Fatboy Slim blew my mind as I a love kid. Fatboy Slim, and it went to it went from Fatboy Slim to Moby, and then I remember it was really gross though. Then there was Everclear, and I was like, oh, mm. and then like, no, not for me. And then, um, but I remember uh, Smashing Pumpkins was on there, and that blew my mind as a kid. And I was like seven at the time, so I was really young, but I I was really into it. And my parents were like, oh, thank God. Like I think in my parents' head, they're like, oh, it's not too bad. Like she could like worse music than this, right. but we can deal with it. And then once I heard the White Stripes, I was like, oh, this is what's cool. Like I had like a moment where I was like, this is cool music. Like, like when you're listening to things and then you're like, oh, but this, you know? And as I've gotten, once I got to high school, I kind of made it into a joke where I was like, there's some music that will get you laid. And then there's some music that won't like, like, like when you're listening to some music, like I know this is really dirty and horrible, right. but like, you know, when you meet someone, you don't always yeah. want to share all the music you listen to, but you want to share the cool bands, you know, where yeah. you're like, oh, this is like, this is what makes me cool as a person. <laughs> like, this is what I, this is what I like, you right. know? Right. And, um, it's kind of like that. So I remember White Stripes was that first band. <laughs> so when I was younger, I was like, I'm, I, I'm the cool kid on my playground because I listen to this I band. I had a thing for Meg White. Yeah, she's wonderful. Not gonna lie. She's married, I think, to Pat, Patty Smith's uh, son, if I'm right. Really? Something weird like that. I remember looking up one time Good being like, that's her. very bizarre. That's the reunion that I'm what? hoping happens. It's going to happen. It, it's going to happen. They're coming so? out with the LP. They're coming out with their greatest hits in December. Oh, and I think no. it's like this little love letter. Like, hey, maybe. Like, they're just trying to whisper it in our ears. Oh, man. Yes. So please. hopefully, like, fingers crossed. Um, yeah. But yeah, I remember that band just being so... It changed that everything. That was the game changer for It was you. the game changer, okay. yeah. Very young, too. Um, yeah. And then we moved back to Oregon 
And when we moved after you moved to Texas, no, this is like so. You, when Texas was the last spot, yeah, last spot, but and I'm still to, here. You went to Oregon though. Yeah, so so um, I've been to Oregon twice growing up, and then when we moved back to Oregon, I went through like my chubster pubescent phase that we all hate so much. Mm -hmm. um, but Oregon was really hip, like like in 2004. Yeah. 2005. So I remember listening like to the Dandy Warhols were really big and like the Mo Modest Mouse was blowing up the shins and all this like kind of like, you know, indie pop music. And um, I remember the killers came out and I was like, oh, the killers are everything. And and uh, yeah, it was so cool there. Being there was really cool. I was like, this is a cool scene. And then moving to Texas. Just, Have you gone back since to Portland? I I've gone back, not to Portland. I've been to Seattle, which I love Seattle. Seattle's great. Seattle's amazing. Um, I mean, I've traveled quite a bit. I did like a trip to France for a summer and that was amazing, um, which is fantastic. France has all these like underground, like de like disco bar kind of things. Like I remember going there, I ended up this place called the Rex and they were doing disco all night and they had like a disco floor, like the old school kind. There's all these French it. people and there's like a fog machine. Yes. But if you left the bar, you were kicked out. Like you couldn't get back in if you, if you walked out the front door, but the only place you could smoke was in this like enclosed room that was just packed with smoke and it was disgusting. Oh no. I remember it was like walking into a Choctaw casino. Like, oh, like you just like, oh, oh. you would walk in this room you'd be having no. a great time and then you're like having cigarettes with these french people no. <laughs> but um i did that and then i went to australia for a bit thinking i was going to move there and that's when i was 20 but um i was just stupid and in love i was like young i met someone i was like oh i'm gonna live in australia with this australian and young dumb and, in love. and then i like <laughs> didn't work out but uh it was fun um i always say you know like follow your gut i've kind of lived by that in a yeah. weird way like if i have a gut feeling about something even if it seems a little oddballish i'm like no there's a reason like there's a reason our gut tells us we should just go do something and just find a way. Like it's kind of hard money wise, but I was waiting tables at the time and I was like, I'm just gonna hustle and go it's to like Australia. It's like a Coachella situation. Yeah, totally. It's a Coachella right? situation. Right? You're just feeling the energy. Yeah, you have to. I mean, musicians do it. You're a musician. You do it all the time. You you hear a tune and you're like, my gut's telling me I need to do more with this. Like I need to create more. I think like it's a give and take. Like when you are a musician that's known for a certain way, but then you experiment, that's a tough thing. And yeah. You know, but. I think like you just gotta follow that intuition. I think it's when people um, get too hung up on what's happening. Exactly. And, and it's kind of the same way, like even working, like not working social media, but like doing that, like sometimes when I see trends, I, I, I cringe because I don't want to join anything. I just want to do something that feels right with my gut. Like I'm not like, ah, I'm not gonna, like TikTok came out. Like I remember starting- and Do you guys have a TikTok I don't, yet? no, okay. it scares the crap out of me. Like every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, this is a lot of, a lot of buttons. Is. Like, I feel like I need to take a class. And I feel old. Yes. And it's kind of that same realization like, um, a few years ago, when I turned 26, I was like, man, I haven't been to a house show in a long time. And in my head, I was like, man, I, they don't do house shows like they used to in Dallas. And then I had a realization, I'm old and I'm not invited to house shows. Like, like that was a weird realization where you hit an age where you're like, oh, the reason I'm not experiencing this is because I've hit an age that I'm not in that realm. But do you feel though? TikTok's that realm. Like that, I, TikTok's that house show I'm not invited to anymore. <laughs> good, okay, you I know? see that, I see like, that. But do you see though, in yeah. a sense where people know you as spinster? Yeah. 
you're kind of in in an elevated place though now, where people your your Aww. your opinion is respected. I feel you like know, I should have a glass of wine every time I talk to people in that way. Like like tell me, I will tell you what I think no. of your music. Here's no. a glass of wine or scotch. I, well, I, I'm just saying because <laughs> yeah. I know this being a musician. Musicians do submit a lot of music for you to review, correct? Mm -hmm. When it yeah. when it comes to that and and give honest feedback. Um, what. Would you? What does that process look like? It's awkward. Uh, it's, it is. It's, 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 okay, so anytime I listen to local music, there's one thing I try to keep in mind. And it's like, if I didn't live in Dallas, because I am a cheerleader for the city, yeah. um, would I even like this? Like if I wasn't, if, if this is a band coming from LA or New York, would I still think, oh, this is great, you know? Like, cause that's a weird thing. That is a good point. Cause a lot too. of us like locally will we'll hear something and, and whether or not they're our friend, you know, like it doesn't matter if they're your friend or not, but in our head we're like, it's coming from Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, big D or something, you know what I mean? You're just yeah. like, this is, this is our yeah. community. So obviously you want to promote it, but um, it's hard to have that moment where you step back and you're like, okay, if this was from New York, would I still want to hear this another time? Like, would I, would I crave it? You know, and so I think about that a lot. And there's a few artists that have come through. I think um, the hard thing is just making a catchy song, as sad as sad as it is. But like in a radio successful way, sometimes I'm just like, is there a song on here that I get stuck in my head? Um, the most recent one. Oh God! Like I mean, the whole Floor album by Texas Gentleman. Yeah, was really good. It's super good. And the way they designed it, Matt Cliff did the design. And it was so interactive and it came out at a perfect time given COVID, you know, yes. I was like, man, this is like interactive. Yes. It's a record, it's clinging. Um, I have a friend in Australia, he does record reviews. Uh, his name's Michael. And uh, he, like he wrote me and was like, hey, these guys are from your area. And I was like, who is it? Cause you know, you're like, ah, who's catching yes. on? It was Texas Gentleman. He's like, I just ordered their album. And I'm like, the fact that you that album that. got to Australia yeah. shows something. Yes. Like if it expands past, you know, the nation, you're like, oh God. Um, so, so that was really cool. But I mean, I have to think about it that way. So that's like my first dissection. After that, I like most mostly all genres. There's some that cater to me a bit more. Like I do love new wave and I love post-punk and I love 80, anything 80s-esque. Add a little synth in there and I'm Whoa. like, Ugh. yeah. But um, yeah, so sometimes those things can get me like really easily, but um, I mean, yeah. And then I just go from there if I like it or not. Um, sometimes less production's better. I feel like some things are way like overproduced. It's like at home overproduction. Like I, like I, someone's trying to do a little that. extra at home and you're like, oh no, like less is he better. Went, he went that way, he went that way with it. Okay. Yeah, like, like sometimes less is better. I mean, talking about White Stripes, I mean, Jack White, I love his stuff, less is better. Sometimes his albums that have way too many layers, like his recent ones, not super into it. I feel right. like he's going through like a Brian Wilson phase. I'm like, you don't have to add all this to sound good. Like you're not having to prove anything. We know you're good. Right. Just do what you do best, which is guitar and drums. And I love that. That's it. I so. mean, um, do you have artists though, when it comes to pitching stuff to you that feel or that think like, they have to pay you money in order to do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I've, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm being honest, like, is it a payola situation? I've actually, I've never taken money uh, from any local artists right. once. Um, good for you. Yeah, I feel good about that. Um, I mean, I've had, I've had people talk about me doing their PR, like helping manage like that section. 
And I've wanted to do that. And it's a little intimidating because I've been so used to not taking money in a sense where I feel like weird now. I'm like, ooh, like this is a weird. Especially nowadays with what's going on. With what's going on, especially that. So I feel like in a weird way, I, I think psychologically I've always like combined it with my job. Like right. I'm just like, okay, you know, I'm getting paid at Spinster. While I'm there, what can I do locally to help out these people or help out whoever I enjoy musically? Yeah. And so it's like, it's all with the job. So usually when I'm promoting anyone, it's while I'm working and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, man, like how can I use this platform or this business to showcase a local artist? And luckily enough, people send stuff. There's always something. Well, you know? When you get an artist that wants you to review it, is it more so we want you to review it to have the physical album in the store? And does it have to be a physical album in order for you to review anything? Yeah, I mean, I've interviewed EPs that aren't out yet. I yeah. mean, uh, Ottoman Turks just put something out. They sent yeah. me to it. It was really good. Good stuff. I mean, Rolling Stone covered it. Love so, I mean, it was solid. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it doesn't technically have to be physical for me to promote it. Um, for it to be in the store though, it has to be on wax and that's the main thing. So sometimes I feel bad for some artists cause they have great work, but man, it's so expensive to get a record. It like is. I feel bad for so many musicians cause their work should be on a record so and they just don't know how. So even if they put like a 45 out? Like oh yeah, I love it. Uh, the best 45, there's a few that have come through. Um, the one that I really loved was Bastards of Soul came out with a 45 and man, like those guys, and then they came out, or is it 45? They came out with a full album too. I think they had a 45 first though, but those guys are really brilliant. But we get 45s in all the time. I mean, yeah. I mean, even 10 inches, like we've had Sudi drop off on, we've had Nervous System, I mean, yeah. and they still sell. There's people who collect 45s. Um, they're a little bit more difficult than a full album. Right. But I mean, we're in an EP generation. We're in a generation where people are looking for songs, not a whole album. Um, have, in kind of a way, it's a way to compete with, say, the streaming. Yes, it is. And I feel like it's great because record sales just keep getting higher and higher. Right. So um, I always tell people, I feel like getting a record is more of an emotional thing than it is like a business thing. Yeah. Like uh, I'm not a musician myself, but I feel like if I was, I would have an emotional moment once I held my record, you know, where you're like, this is mine. Agreed. Like I created this. There's a yeah. limited copy. I own it. It's physical. It, it's pretty. Yeah, it just feels good. So was there I mean, in going to like these artists, has there been an artist that you've worked with at the lower level that eventually like just blew up? There hasn't been one I particularly have worked with, okay. but there's been ones I've witnessed and yeah. I've had that moment where I looked at them and I was, I was having like a moment where I was like, oh, this person's gonna be something. Like, like there's just that thing. And I think we all have it, whether we like it or not. Is there one that sticks out in particular? Oh God, I made a list. Are you ready? Yes, <laughs> okay. I made me. a list, this I made is, a list, I made a list. This is what I'm talking about. I didn't want yes. to forget. Yes. So um, <clears throat> my first one, uh, I was gonna list Kayla Sinclair. Ah, oh, she's amazing. She's so good. Yes. And I remember meeting her and through OG Nom, yes. funny enough, and he called it. I don't want to take any credit <laughs> for him, but he, he hung out with me one day and he's like, I met this artist. I think she's going to be big. Yeah. And I was like, all right. 
and we met up and she's just a wonderful person. I remember hearing her sing and play piano and I was like, man, like she is really talented. And then she joined uh, the M83s. M83. And now she's gone. Because <laughs> that's what happens. These cities scoop these people up and the only ones that stay are Leon Bridges because he knows he, what's good. He knows, he knows what's, what's good, good in Dallas. Exactly. That's why we love him. We're like, thank you. Thank you for coming back. Homegrown, man. <laughs> please, the best. please represent. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, so she was a big one where I was like, yes. Like right when I heard her, I was like, she's going to leave here become something god you know next one was bobby sessions and i remember being at double wide one night and watching him perform and he did um hands up don't shoot and oh my so powerful god i just i wanted to cry the whole time yeah. and it was so the whole room was quiet and it's really hard to get that without one asshole yelling you know but mm -hmm. the whole room was like eerily quiet when he was performing and got to his vocals only and I just was like, man, God forbid if this guy doesn't get picked up because he's so good. And then I think Def Jam's picked him up. They and have. now he's and like, now he's doing his thing. I'm, now I'll like go to his Instagram. I'm like, holy smugs, like this guy's like in it. He just you know? did a co-write with Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. I mean, like it's ridiculous. And he's super talented super and he has talented. a look and he he's distinctive. Like yes. he has a face where he doesn't blend in. And I, I love that about him. And he's a great live artist and, um, and I remember seeing that show, I was with my boyfriend and Hunter was like, man, he's my favorite Dallas artist right now. We were just kind of geeking out over him. It was just a bunch of punk kids geeking out over this, you know, hip hop rap artist, you know? Seeing like, his rise so is crazy. Yeah, so him, I just was blown away. Um, the other one that was cracking me up was uh, Mark Ribolet. Is that it? Mark Ribolet? the DJ yes so yes so I had a night I was meeting up some <laughs> Did friends you go to one of his shows kind of by accident uh okay. but like in a weird way so I remember I was going to Twilight Lounge to meet up with some friends for a drink love Twilight and they were it was a Tuesday night it was weird it was like a Tuesday or a Thursday yeah and I remember they were like before we went this is before the pandemic uh <laughs> of course yeah um they were like hey like let's go somewhere quiet Cause we were gonna go three links and they're like, let's go to like Twilight Lounge. I was like, oh, I'll be quiet. And I walked in and it was him. <laughs> and it was it was kind of cool. Cause I remember walking in and he was doing his DJ, like the way he does his thing where it's like looping and. Yes. And I remember walking in and I looked to my right and he was kind of making a mockery of all the uptown people in the bar. And he was doing something like, like I'm not I'm gonna butcher it, but he was like, you know, if he sticks something you drink, don't drink it. Like, like he's just doing like this thing over roofies kind of. And it was funny, like, cause I was like, this guy is mocking this crowd that's in here and they're cheering him on. Like yeah. this guy is genius. Deep. Like super deep and yeah. really funny and yeah. quick and, and catchy. Yes. And I remember going to sit down with my friends for drinks and I kept, buying another drink so I could just go see him. Like, like I remember like, I need another drink and I'd go take too long at the bar to get mine. Cause I was like, I just want to watch this person perform. And he was there, he was at Twilight Lounge for a while. And I don't know if everyone knows that, but he was there for months. Like he was doing gigs at Twilight Lounge all the time. He and the, was. the crowd kept getting bigger and bigger. Like I remember going that night, it wasn't that many people. And then the next time it was like, just like, <laughs> it was just Crazy insane. Yeah. Like I felt like I'd have to wait in the front and I I just was overwhelmed. And once he took off, I was like, well, that's well-deserved. Like right. this guy's really talented. That's totally a true story about something like that. Yeah. And, and the fact like, and I feel now like it, it's weird when you see someone blow up and someone else is posting him in another state. Like, do you ever have a friend repost something, but it's Dallas related and you're like, what? That person's from here, you know? And I, I had a friend in California repost them. They're like, check out this guy. 
guy. And or I was when like, you have a celebrity. Yeah, like, it's like a celeb- Yes. Like Ice-T yes. retweeted something and I was like, uh, what? Yeah, and it's like, it feels good. You're it like, does. thank you, Dallas. Like, it this does. is a good person. Obviously, Erica, anytime. Yeah, so. like, he did a video with her. Um, another one was Charlie Crockett. Uh, yeah. A few years back, he, he did our Christmas party. I was there for that. Yes. It was amazing. It was fun. Yeah. Um, but now it's it's weird. He was like a slow burn blow up because like because I've been so used to seeing his stuff around mm-hmm. that I never thought anything else of it. And then now that we moved to Bishop Arts, we're getting all the tourists. Before we used to not because we were kind of off the grid, like closer to Kessler, where we would never get people walking around just kind of looking around, not from the area, if who you, don't know if it. If you could give people, our listeners, just an, a visual idea <laughs> of what um, Bishop Arts is like, I mean, and around with yeah. where you, you guys are, give them just a visual. Okay, so Bishop Arts is in the heart of Oak Cliff, uh, closer to the north area, because okay. God forbid if you go too south. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, 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 it's in a weird section in the sense yeah. where people will still go to it, because Oak Cliff has a really interesting history. It does. It has a lot of history. I mean, Clyde Barrows is buried in Oak Cliff. Uh, that's where they found Lee Harvey Oswald when he yes. shot Kennedy. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of history driven. Then you get in the 90s and there's some crazy hip hop songs about Oak Cliff that make you never want to go there. <laughs> like, unless you know the people who made the song. Do you have that playing in the store? <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just to okay. see. You'll have one person come in. They're like, I'm on this album. <laughs> you know? like, but um, so so Bishop Arts is kind of more of this, uh, you know, boutique adorable, kind of family-friendly brunch spot, as well as like a community. Um, it, it is pretty cutesy. It's changing rapidly, and there's a lot of construction all around it now, because I think so many people are moving to that area. Um, but yeah, I mean, we used to be uh, closer to the Kessler Theater on a thing called Typo Block, which was like a separate shopping grid. Yeah. Um, but now we're like in the heart of Bishop Arts and it's all smaller buildings. It's it's nothing big. It's not in the city. It's kind of off the grid. I always say Oak Cliff is kind of its own island. Yeah. It's weird. Like I moved to Lockwood, which is higher than White Rock Lake, and okay. people still visit me there. But when I lived in Oak Cliff, no one ever wanted to come hang with me if they were from Deep Ellum, which I never understood. But now they'll go to- I'm further away you're in, in East now. Dallas. Okay. Yeah, I'm further away now wow. okay. than I was in Oak Cliff, but they wouldn't go to Oak Cliff, but they'd come over to White Rock Lake. Wow. So it's weird, yeah. you know? But um, it is kind of its own island, which I love. Um, but yeah, it has a lot of history. Um, but we've moved there. So we moved to a different spot in front of Eno's. So we're literally like in the heart of Oak Cliff, uh, of Bishop Arts, which is interesting too, because we have like the people playing on the streets. Like we're in that section of Bishop Arts where there's people like playing acoustic busking, music, right? busking. Yeah. And um, with their masks on. People no, coming in and asking me where to find a certain restaurant. Like that's half my questions most of the night. Where's this? Do you know where this is? <laughs> What's your favorite restaurant in Bishop Arts? <laughs> oh, I get that all the time. I want to uh, know. I want to know. <laughs> no. know. I want to know. I'm all for a cheap burger. I go to Hunkies more than anything. There you go. Hunkies. Cheap burger. Gotta go to Hunkies. the spot. If I want to feel healthy and good about myself, yeah. I'll go to Tribal. What if you want to feel fancy? Where would wanna, you go? Oh, God. If a guy took me to Lucia, man. Love Lucia. Lucia is like, Lucia is like dropping like like it's like a whispered word like, like, get- like, like 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 it's like a perfume commercial like if someone was like do you want to go to Lucia 
Like, like it'd be whispered in your ear. Like, like that's how sensual and beautiful Lucia is. I remember is. having to get like uh, reservations like a month in advance for yeah, that place. You still have to. Like, like no, you do. they probably I, can't. I don't, I don't blame them. <laughs> They're not even stuff. open. They're still making money somehow. Isn't there like a ramen place that just got opened up around There's, there too? Yeah, uh, uh, that's uh, something Takaman or uh, something from the same people or no? Me, no, different. I, I don't know. I'm not in the food culture as that's much okay. as I like to be. Now you said hunkies. I love it. I love that's hunkies. Great. I mean, Taco Ivino's good. I mean, there's Taco so Vino's many great. good places over there. I mean, I um, oh God, and, and it's weird too because it's expanding. So things keep opening up, and I'm becoming clueless to the area. Like all the people come in, they're like, "I'm looking for this place," and I'm like, "What? Like, they, like we have that here? And there's like, an Argentine. Uh, where should where should they go? There's an Argentinian restaurant. Like, what is going really? on? Really? Yeah." supposedly I don't know I haven't been there I love me some Argentine yeah so see like there's always good things um but yeah like Bishop Arts is like just really adorable I feel like I'm in a little tv show like (laughs) like just it does feel I have a tv show vibe though where you're like in a cute little small shop and someone comes by and I have my same mailman every day he's like how are you doing I'm like good you want a water and it's just like really leave it to beaver-ish you know what I what I see though and we've kind of touched on this is is how you've, you know, since working at uh, Spinster's, how you've built up the name, the brand of mm. what Spinster is, along with yourself as well. Uh, moving forward and like long picture, where do you see, you know, Kate <laughs> God. moving forward? Don't give me an existential crisis. Oh my God. Dun, dun, I was so nervous for that question. <laughs> no, I need more No, whiskey. but I mean, you've done, um, you've done so much. There's a lot of people, you know, who look up to you like, just within the scene and and from what we were talking about now just around the country yeah where you know you do see your um opinion valued um do you see what are your aspirations per se when it comes to something like that yeah i mean god okay so i I do enjoy writing so i would love to write eventually okay and and kind of encapsulate dallas in some way in writing yeah like book wise but um aside from that i mean my my resume and who i am uh, portrays mostly to PR. I mean, I, I've always been used to writing about others, promoting others, um, learning kind of ways to get their stuff out there. And I've kind of seen how it worked, works and changes and stuff. But anyways, I'm going to get flustered about it because it's my future. No. Uh, but uh, I'm really excited to see where Spinster goes. We've been growing faster and faster every year. And I mean, the sales are going up. People are buying more records and more turntables, local music selling, which is crazy to me. Cause like the first year I was there, I felt like there were cobwebs on our local section. Like I like there'd be stuff that would sit there for a while and you're like, oh, someday, you know, someday and someone. Selling. And now people are coming in and they want to go to the local section cause they want to embrace what's around them. Even newbies, like people who move here from LA, they want to know, you know. We talked about this before so, we started. Uh, yeah. You mentioned how there was an increase in sales when it came to vinyl yeah like record players yeah it's insane right now i mean um there's a few tariffs that have been changing but i mean uh yeah we sell through turntables and speakers so fast and i used to like i I, i'm a salesperson i work in retail like like that's what i always have to tell people like sometimes they think like i just hang out i think they like have this weird idea like i smoke cigarette at my record store and just talk about music all day and take photos of myself and i just lounge around and eat (laughs) 
and drink and be merry. But like most of my time, I'm doing invoices and trying to sell things, right? You know, um, and and do my job. Um, but it's crazy. Like I've been having people come in, like, and it's people moving here. Like Dallas, the population boom for Dallas is so insane. I don't think people have really grasped it yet, but because yeah. we're still locked down. So kind of, yeah. So, so once we're out of this and we're back to normal in their shows, I don't even think Deep Ellum or anywhere will be able to contain it. Cause there's just so many people here moving from LA. Like every week I work, I at least have five people come in who just moved here. And cause naturally if I move anywhere, if I go into a bookstore or a music store, anything that's kind of eclectic-y, I'm going to ask that person, what's there to do around here? We just moved in. And I'm like too curious to be like, Oh, where'd you move from? What'd you do? Like, like, and you get a lot of that now. And it's so much LA and there's so many big businesses moving here that it's, 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 it's cheaper. So it's kind of scary because you have people moving here and they're like, it's so cheap. And you're like, oh, not for us, but you know, let's just keep right. raising it higher. You know? yeah. But um, it, it, it's intimidating, but it's also kind of cool because now there's more people to cater to if you're a musician. You're like, oh, I have a whole new crowd of audience. Like I have people moving here who are from LA and they want music. Like they want things to do, you know? Cause there's no nature, there's no beach. You're not going to the mountains on the weekend. No, They're gonna wanna go out and drink and go to bars and see music eventually. So I think there's like gonna be a great music explosion here once this all passes. And I'm really excited to work at a record store in that time. You know, I tell artists yeah. this all the time, asking for advice, like what should I do? Is like put music out. Yeah, just keep putting it keep out. Keep putting stuff out. Uh, regardless if it hits or it doesn't, because you're laying the foundation for whenever everything kind of starts clearing up. Yeah, and I think like, I'm interested to see what happens now, because we've had like, my sister, so my sister and I, we have a 10 year difference. Yeah. And uh, she's 19 and, or maybe it's less than 10 years, but uh, she's going through a phase right now. And I'm sure you guys see it where like the early 2000s has made a comeback. Yeah. And every time I see her, I'm like, oh my God, you look like you have butterfly clips in your hair. What is going on? Like it's like back. late 90s, early 2000s. You never think that that thing is true where it says history repeats itself, well, but yeah. it does. Yeah, it's weird. It does. It's so weird. It does. It's so weird. And it's weird too, because like, um, like, I don't know how old you are, but like, for me, I'm like, ah, that's my childhood. And, and when the eighties were coming back, when I was in my early twenties and I kept having people look at me and they're like, you guys are just ripping off the eighties. I I didn't know any better because I wasn't born in the eighties, but now I'm having that because I'm a bit older (laughs) and I'm like, looking at my sister, I'm like, you don't even remember what it was like. You You don't know, you know, nothing. You're taking all the good pieces. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, but I think like what fashion and music are so combined. Like it's, it's, it's just, happening. Yeah. So I feel like given the fashion, we're also going to see it in music, which I'm really interested to see with what people come out with. Cause I feel like there's going to be like this little touch of early two thousands. And, um, I'm excited kind of too, because it. that early two thousands, whether it was Detroit rock or New York, when you had like the yayas and you had Interpol and, uh, the strokes, yes, I feel Interpol, like we're going to have strokes. this like repeat of that. Like, I feel like we're going to start hearing people make music. That's kind of reminiscent. Do you like the new strokes? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you didn't, don't tell my roommate. My roommate's in different strokes. I, I live with a guy who's in the cover strokes. band. Hunter oh, Cannon yes. lives with me. Yes. And he hates. Okay, I love you, Hunter Cannon. You're my you're one of so my dearest good. friends. You're so such good. a good cover band man. Right. Um, no, okay, you know what it was? Okay, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. God, I feel bad for no. the strokes. I actually feel bad for the strokes because they had the best album ever and then they had to like kind of make a better album. Yeah, and and that, I think a lot and of And I think that, that was that was it. Oh yeah. This I, is I think it. it's called like, This Is It. It should have been That it. Was It. <laughs> no. Well I meant like <laughs> I meant this is it. Because that was the album. They knew, that was they like, knew when they made it. it. And then everything else after that was really you know, it was good. It's good. But that was it for me, yeah. man. I mean, that's I mean, why they named it, it that no title. No pun intended. <laughs> they named it that because they it. knew it. Um, no, but I mean. This is it because they knew. I, I like the strokes. What about Kings of Leon? I like Kings of Leon. The earlier, I heard, the, I heard the older? He was, I heard he was such a dick, though. Like, I, I research my bands whenever I, I look them up. just had a drinking problem. I think so. Something Sorry. along the lines of that. His music's good, though. So good. It's a certain voice, though, that kind of cracks me up a little. Like, like Kings of Leon. Early? Early. Kings? I'm thinking early. Okay. But his voice, like, do, do you ever have a band you love, but then sometimes you mock their voice when you sing it? I, I mean, Soundgarden is that in an yeah. entirety. Like, I enjoy mm-hmm. Soundgarden, but I can't help but try and sing it in that guy's voice. Pearl Jam. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. yeah new Pearl Jam? Do you like that? The yeah. I'm picky. You hear it I'm all. so picky. See, this is this could totally turn into like a whole other podcast I mean, because okay, so I know you have I'm a lay great. Down. Like mine for music. People will get really mad at me about the strokes because I know too many people who love them. But the new one um, I like, it was just too derivative of the 80s. Like it was one of those things where I love Billy Idol and the psychedelic furs so much that right. I couldn't. Un- and they thanked them. Like, so they know that they use their, their sound. So they put it in the credits, which is so cool because they acknowledge it. But I was like, I can't unhear it. Like it was one of those things where I was like, well, don't turn dancing with myself. I don't want to hear dancing myself and hear, you know, this one of the songs of their new album. Yeah, bad decisions yeah. in my head, yeah. you know. And and but I like them. I don't know. <laughs> I like, saw them on SNL and I was like. This is great. Oh, it was good. I haven't seen them the first, in a long time. For me, it they was were like, really boring. The is, first song, though, the first song they looked like they looked kind of heroined out for some reason. I was like, are they don't awake? They always? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the second song was great. Did though. you like Julian's uh, solo album? Yeah, the I did like Dimension him. Yeah, one? yeah, I loved it. I it was really like synthy and yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I like him in general. I mean, I I was really impressed with the Foo Fighters coming out on SNL recently. And Jack White was great. White. I mean, SNL has been killing it yeah, a little bit have. recently. I feel like they got a little skip in their skip. skip. Like now politically, they're like, oh, we got a little skip in our step yes. now. Like yes. things are in our favor again. Yeah. But. What do you think of uh, musically? I'm, my mind is like running here with... Uh, we talked about well i'm a sucker for there's a smaller labels i like yeah. like there's the numeral group which um when people buy records i always tell them to look into the numeral group and they make yeah. compilations of tell artists me about that. yes who so, are the artists that you look at and you're like these are the next oh the next oh no i, I will locally or uh, around let's go around first and then let's do locally i mean we can do a combination let's do it let's do a combination i'm i'm with it i was uh thoroughly happy to see Col- uh, paul Cawthon, who is yes. local and i saw him do that uh righteous brothers cover of uh oh, yes. you lost that loving feeling with yes. orville peck yes who i it was just orgasmic so cool. it was amazing i was yeah. like okay first off like orville peck is like one of the coolest things it, it it's the most in, intro it's so innovative so different for for so, to see something because like because yeah. country music 
has always had a really bad reputation with being homophobic or racist, which yeah, it's not. It isn't. But, you know, in some aspects, it has that reputation. So to see a man, you know, like Orville Peck and watching someone like With a play, man like Paul. Yeah. It's just, just, it was amazing. just, it was amazing. And, yeah. and they both like hit it and they both sound, they both have beautiful voices. Yeah. And so Paul Cawthon, that's someone who I'm like, okay, that's going to be big. Like, I'm going to be an old lady someday and I'll be like, oh, I remember him at double wide, so you know, good. like, yeah. <laughs> just like something like that but um aside from that uh duel blows my mind i don't know if you know them they're no. more heavier okay um they kind of have a the sword did you ever listen to like kind of early metal? No, <laughs> if no. you like metal if you like kind of heavier stuff no but this really cool. great band um duel's amazing um those guys just jam out i mean even if you're not into metal they're kind of one of those weird bands if you saw them live you'd stop for a second even right. if it wasn't your kind of genre you'd be like whoa oh like i know these that guys. i know that feeling yeah. yeah um another band that i was really digging and um they're still in dallas i think they kind of live in separate places at the moment but they're going to come back eventually um, is uh, the Crystal Rippers? Yes. Yeah, you just so heard them. So good. I like them. They had that early Detroit sound. I like, love David Ponder. Yes, me too. <laughs> That's my guy. He's got that stash, man. <laughs> you know, there's. He didn't uh, always have the stash, but the stash you, works. You know, like you know? How, unfortunately, so. this is November, but I like um, your stash. You have a good but, stash. I don't thank you, but yeah. there is a you know those sponsored ads on Instagram. Is he? A, have you seen is it? He a sponsored ad. <laughs> is he a sponsor? No, but there is a sponsored ad on Instagram of this guy who looks just like him He's and it's for like it for a me? vintage like beach clothing line I've seen it you I've have. seen it it has a yellow rope yes it has the yellow rope I've seen it yes. I, I, I actually yes. I bookmarked it cause, oh. I, cause it's like <laughs> I had to send him the photo and I, I was like it. I was like hey man I'm gonna like, send it to him too just to like, mess with him you didn't tell me you were modeling now and he's like uh yeah but that's my I'm gonna thing do with to him. him too. We should get a bunch of people to just send it they to him. Should. He looks like in <laughs> the does. first time I saw it, I was like, is that David Ponder? I thought he was in a Wes Anderson movie for a second, but you he know, totally it's could. a Wes Anderson he looking does, You know, but those guys are great. I love the yeah. energy that they put off. And that's stuff. a huge thing too. Like, like I get, um, nothing will piss me off more at a show when you hear good music with a band that looks like shit. Ugh. And I mean, you, I'm not, I'm not talking unattractive. I'm talking like a band who doesn't like dress for the performance. Cause what it is, is like, music is is kind of theatrics yeah. like it has its own theatrics i have like such a soft spot for kiss and all these bands who went like the extra mile to just make it like you know like over the top so when i see like a band come out and i'm like why are you wearing cargo shorts dude like you're making like even if it's indie pop even if it's sad it doesn't matter what genre you're in never wear cargo shorts on stage no. unless it's a parody of the cargo shorts no. but like I, and I'm happy, like I think Dallas, some people are getting it now. Like when I see a band, they look like a band. I'm like, oh, those guys. And Crystal Rippers did, did a good job of that. They totally Like did. when I saw them live, I was like, oh yeah, these guys look yeah. fucking cool. Excuse my language. <laughs> they I'm do. like, these guys look really cool. They're great. Um, same with Texas Gentlemen. I'm like, they look like a band. All of them. They look like Texas Gentlemen, literally they the do. word. <laughs> so, they do. Um, so they're good. Um, I really like the Vandaliers. Um, Shout out to Fort Worth. Uh, Boom. They're great. Love they're, them. They're like really, and I like their look too. And it's weird because um, they came out with that uh, high fidelity TV show. Yes. And I was watching a bit of it and they have a band poster on the show. 
Like I was like looking close. And I was like, wait, there's a Vandaliers band poster in this like setting. And it was, and it was called out, and I saw it on I all my like, friends' what? like social media platforms. I was like, when did you guys go to High Fidelity? Did you like the the reboot? It was pretty okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mm, liked it. I mean, wasn't the same, right? I'm really particular. I, I mean, I you. love John Cusack. Yeah, and I love the original. I'm, I, it's based off a book. I know it, it originally takes place in England. Yeah. So I know me loving the original movies. Some other person's like, well, screw you. The book's better. But like, mm. I have a. It, it's yeah, I have a soft spot for it. There's a few things nostalgic wise. I mean, I'm when we were talking about music critics earlier, like the reason I even felt critical to begin with was I got so into Chuck Klosterman in high school, like reading Chuck Klosterman. He's so good. I've heard him on a number of podcasts. I as love well. him. And yes. I actually listen to his podcast and he's just like he he's so sincerely He's so agreeable, but he'll rip something apart he in the most agreeable it way. Like it is. Yeah, he's very good at that. But it's not in a way where it's degrading or anything. I think it's his voice. He has a very quirky voice. Yeah. So I think when he's talking about it, you can feel him push his glasses up a little bit <laughs> and like kind of like, okay, well, you know, and you're right. like, and, when, and that voice helps you like be like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> it's relaxing yeah. to me, like when I hear it. He knows on the his podcast. stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I don't want to mess up names. <sighs> I think it's Lester Bangs was writing for Rolling Stones a long time ago. He had the Detroit shirt that Philip Seymour Hoffman wears oh, wow. and okay. almost famous. Yeah. But it's like all those critics, I, I always love them because they're, you know, so great. So in a lot of ways, would you see you eventually becoming like a... I would love to do that. I want to write about it all. It, it's yeah. hard because sometimes I want to be a cheerleader for the scene and um, it's hard kind of you know, these people I drink with, you know what I mean? Like, like mm -hmm. normally, like when I go out, all yeah. these people I run into. But then you'd also just like to write for Pitchfork. And I would love to rip on a new one. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm You're quietly like I'm sipping like, your drink, looking at him. I'm like, tell me more about your about album. Your <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get your, your grandma yeah. died? Okay. <laughs> and just like start like right. kind of stepping out back oh a bit. You got what kind of thing in your life? I um, feel so bad now just having dressed like this because... You're talking about dressing up and, and I'm like, no, I'm you're fine. Sweats today. I actually like when I was younger, my, I started dressing up all the time because my dad went on a flight one time and he ran into his idol and he was dressed in like slacks. Like, like he used to always wear suits. And then one time he was like, I'm just going to wear sweats. I have to go on this lawn flight. I'm tired. Oh it's 5 a.m. Yeah. And he ran into like, my dad loves hockey and I can't remember the freaking hockey player but he got on first first class and sat next to his idol that he grew up loving and he's like oh my god i'm in gray sweats like and since then it's kind of been this thing like working at spinster you never know who's gonna walk in very like, true it's one of those weird things like you never know who's gonna come in that store i mean like in a lot of ways you guys are an extension of what musicians are yeah. so when people come in i want them to think dallas is cool connection. yeah <laughs> i want to exactly. be like oh you're from la oh that's great at all yes. but this is dallas <laughs> yes so, yes yeah so i mean you know when it comes to this podcast and you know merrick was super excited to get you on i th i believe is because you know she feels like as as well as a lot of people do that you being the person you are kind of on that tipping point of wherever you're going to go. Yeah. You just feel like you're there. Yeah. You, we'll you, see you what feel, happens. You feel that climb. Maybe in a few years I'll be like, I didn't know I'd end up here in this mansion. Right. <laughs> well, then you can remember this. Being the commercial girl for TurboTax, you know, oh. like be the next flow. That would be amazing. Like just, I would do that I job. I would do it. That sounds like a dream forever. job. Or the girl in the AT&T commercials. <laughs> um, who would you say 
if if you had anyone to recommend, who who should we look out for? Oh, okay. I did write this down because I don't want to forget. Um, so so our highest local record sale right now is Kyoto Lo-Fi. They're great. Yeah. And um, so they've been selling out a lot and they got a good person watching over them, which is Field Day Records, yes. which when those guys love someone, they take yes. care of them. They they're know what so they're good. doing. They know it. So, um, I mean, like Dylan Anderson, who runs that label, he's one of the tour managers for Steve Aoki and Rico is like just Rico's eccentric great. and awesome. So, mm -hmm. so the fact that they have those guys in their court, amazing. Um, so I think they're going to do really good. Rose Garden Funeral Party. I love Leah Lane. And okay. I'm like a huge, I'm like a fangirl for her and she's my friend, but I, um, I, I always forget how much younger she is than me. And then I'm like, oh my God, you're doing this well now. Like it's one of those things. Like I'm like, wow, like you're you have so much more to go and you're gritty and you're on stage and you know how to play guitar and you know your instruments better than most of the guys around you. Like you're just freaking hardcore. Um, but I feel like I feel I don't know, like ever since I've met her, I've always had this like heart feeling where I'm like, Yeah, you know, you have something special in store. Like there's something special about you. Um Sometimes I tell people though to watch out for the record labels because there's like labels here that are growing and they have all the right artists and they're starting to like add more. Um, and I get excited about younger artists. Remy Riley gets me like I. I she's she's so amazing. Cute. I love her. I love her. She's she's so, a prodigy. She's also young. Like sometimes when great. people like when I was that age, I, I never thought of anyone younger because you're the same age as everyone around you doing those things. Mm -hmm. But now, like being like, mid twenties, I'm like, wow, man, you're so young. You're so talented. Like just and keep you know going. What? She's like one of those girls or just artists in general that. It doesn't get to her head. Yeah, and I think like I've met her dad a few times. He's and great. He's worked for labels, so he knows he knows like the business, which is nice. Yeah, because a lot of people don't get that kind of you know like closure. You know, at a young age, you don't know what you're doing. Like yeah. I, I know, like you just kind of throw yourself into it. Mm -hmm. You have someone who's like, this is how it works. Like, right? It's it's like such a step up. Like you're you're already like ahead. You know, and then to be younger, it's like. You're just way ahead. So those would you? Those are the ones that you'd say. Anyone else that you oh, recommend? I mean, my boyfriend started a band. I don't want to okay, be that person. Okay. Okay. Uh, he started a band called Fit, um, and it's with his previous drummer from Sea Lion, Alex Polis, uh, Hunter Cannon, our roommate. Boom. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, a lot of music strokes. in the house. Yeah. Right. We got some Strokes vibes. Yeah. Um, and then Joel Bradley, um, who's worked with a lot of different bands locally, but their their new band's called Fit which cracks me up. Cause I'm like, if you guys get all fat, like while you're in a band and you're called fit, that would be really funny. Um, but like, no, but it's like FIT, but they started something. <laughs> yes! No, I'm kidding. Yes, the ominous noise. I'm, I'm going right. to knock on wood. I don't want to jinx them. Um, no, they're so sweet. Um, but they started stuff and it was one of those things where you'll never, you'll secretly never be as critical as you are on yourself. Yeah as well as your partner. Like, it's kind of weird though, when you're dating someone, you're kind of yeah. like a little extra critical on the inside. And um, he came home with some recordings and I was like, oh my God, this like, is great. this is good. Like, I just had a moment where I was like, thank God. Cause it was one of those things I was panicking. Cause you, 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 you always, never know. you have to support your person, you yeah, know, you do. but you also don't want to be dating the person where you don't like their music. Like that's yeah. the scariest thing on the planet to me. Well, you're in that position though, where you can kind of help. Maybe. You oh, he was, no, he would never take my help. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he's so sweet though. He's like, what right. do you think? And then if I said, I don't like it, he'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know what I'm doing. Uh, that's her um, opinion. <laughs> but, but like he, he showed me their stuff and I had it stuck in my 
head for days. And I was having that moment. So it was a good sign. I was like, wow. Like, and it was recorded with Mackenzie uh, from Midland. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Midland. So like you have like a proper recording um, studio. So when I heard it, I was just like, yeah. And it kind of had what I was talking about earlier, reminiscences of like early 2000 Interpool and Strokes kind of vibes. And I was like, this is kind of getting into that. We're going to get into that. Like, I just feel like it's coming. It's coming around again. Yeah. And um, I have a thing with music where. I mean, BTS is hot, so does the boy band for you. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're, they're the start, man. They're the <laughs> instinct <Black> now. <laughs> K pop. <laughs> K pop's crazy, man. I know. K pop, I haven't got fully into it. You haven't got into but it. But I meet people who are into K pop, and I know do immediately. Any, do you have any K pop albums? No, I don't. You don't. They don't Spencer press yet. vinyl yet. They don't? No, and they should, because they're losing money. They need to. They, they will, I hope. I have my fingers you crossed. You haven't got into it. Yeah, no, okay. I know when people walk in our store when they're going to ask me for it, oh. though. <laughs> they have like a, they have a twinkle in their eye. like They have a look. And then you just pierce their soul. I do. <laughs> I put my hood up really dark. I'm like, hey, we don't have K-pop. Um, do you have, I mean, are, <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. As far as like trends, when you see like music wise, you see so many trends. Yeah. There's um, some stuff I hate. What are the things, and you don't, we don't have to call any artists out not, or anything, but what would you say trends wise? You're just like, oh, come on. Um, I'm a little, and it, it's kind of overdone, but it's, it's that. Creedence Clearwatery kind of band thing, mm, and it's gotcha. cool. It's jammy. Yeah. Sometimes when things are a little too jammy. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And and, and there will always be an audience for it. There will. Don't be. get me wrong. Totally. There will always be people who buy it. Sometimes mm. if it's a little too jammy. Yeah. Um, yacht rock is a very. I love yacht rock. Love yacht rock. I freaking love yacht rock. Totally. I. It's a gentle subject. It's one of those things like when someone destroys yacht rock. <laughs> it all depends I get on the a little mood. upset. It's all about the mood. It is a mood thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I there's some good rap coming out of Dallas. I I never got into. Um, uh, there was like a phase going through for a minute. Uh, it was like mumble rap or uh, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I I couldn't get into it. I feel like I'm gonna be like 40 one day and discover it, and people will be like, "Hey, that like happened it. 20 years ago," <laughs> and, and I'll be like, "Oh, this is really good. Why didn't I no. never get into this?" No. But I wasn't super into that. Um, like I like tribe. Like when I think of rap that I like, I like tribe a lot, and it, like the Fugees. Like that's kind of my realm of that. So if something's my deal. reminiscent of that, I'm always like, whoa. Totally. Because you know? then that's a, that early 2000s, you know? Yeah. But I mean, it, I'm old now in music. Like, it, it's weird. And I'm not old. Like, I, I don't consider myself old yet. But like in the grand scheme of what sells in media, I mean, like the last Grammys we had was Billie Eilish winning all these Grammys. What's your take on her? Um... I like it now. I I didn't like it at first. It grew on me. I, I had to like sit and take it in one day. Yeah. I didn't like it at first because of how simplistic it was, which is weird because I like simple music, but I was kind of irritated by it. I was like, okay, yeah, you're, right. you're the bad guy. <laughs> like I get it. Like, like it was just like so angsty, but then yeah. I had to think about it. I was like, man, you know, if I was like 16 and this came out, this would blow me away. Like this would represent everything I feel. And, um, once she won all those Grammys, I was a little bitter about it. I was like, okay, man, no one's done that since Christopher Cross. So what are, what are we talking here? Oh, Christopher Cross. Yeah, like, like let's yeah. just wait a second. You won four yeah. Grammys, the main ones? Like, okay. Um, but I, I was like, Lizzo deserved all those. Um, but I mean, now I like her because I see teenagers come in. I, like, I work a lot with teenagers. Like, I have, a lot of our people who buy records are people who are like, 
you know, 16, 20 yeah. and they're young and right. they're grabbing all that stuff up. Um, stuff that I don't even know of still. Like I haven't taken the time to sit down and listen to Princess Nokia, I think it is, and like all these other artists that are just blowing up. Um, but I mean, I like it. It, it just takes a minute sometimes to resonate. A I'm a little bit like, <sighs> I'm just stuck in my roots sometimes. I think that's natural That's though. everybody. But yeah. I think that's what, like again, makes you who you are and stuff. Yeah. I think when you kind of figure out that niche and stuff that's where that's what you know yeah it's what you do that's so why gonna, people respect you oh thank you no I'm i mean gonna make me blush i'm gonna go to sleep tonight <laughs> so well i'm gonna have a glass of wine when i get home and be like this is why people respect me <laughs> when the podcast comes out just have the bio on repeat you just do like poop noises every time i say something sweet and endearing <laughs> like just butcher um, it yeah i always like to close out yes. each podcast with three um, pieces of advice from our uh, guests. What are your top three advice, you know, for people who are just out there trying to figure out what the next step is? What would you say? Yeah. What, what would your advice be to them? Oh gosh. I mean, confidence is everything confidence one. on stage, like everything, even when you meet people, I, I know it's hard to say cause I, I'm not introverted. So I know right. there's like a whole mental anxiety. I don't even grasp, Yeah, but I mean, even in performance or going into a store to say you want your band to play. Mm -hmm. Like I've had people play at my store that I didn't even know. Cause they had such a confidence when they came in. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've had people come in and I'm like, this person means business. Yeah. Like, like they're gonna play here. Like they know they want to, yeah. you know? And that's that means something. The indecision is what makes people uncertain around you, you know? Confidence. Um, so that's the first one. Um, the second one is educating yourself. If you sound like a band, you should know what the bands you sound like. You yeah. should just be aware. Like, I think some people go in denial because they're like, we don't sound like anything. And you're like, no, you, you grabbed inspiration for something. So be aware of it. Cause there's been bands where I'll hear a song and I'm like, that's a rip off of this, like immediately. And and that's not unusual. Like most music is a rip off of something. Like, and, and not always, but like in a grasp, like a little bit, you might hear something you're like, oh, that's from this. Yeah. So I think it's just to be real and just be like, okay, this is what we are. We're a combination of these things. Like know who you are. Yeah, know your and identity. like genre-wise, like you don't have to be in a genre. Like I hate, I hate when people there. There should be no pressure of genre. I yeah. hate, I hate when people call people rappers sometimes now because I'm like, this person works with jazz music. This person's a composer. This person does pop music. Like there's so much more than this one label that you've stereotyped. So that's a separate thing. But anyways, so um, I guess the third thing is just to be nice. You don't have to be an asshole to be cool. This day and age. It's so weird. So it's so overdone. Like sometimes I'll watch interviews. I like Lou Reed's music, but sometimes I'll watch interviews of him and I'm like, I would never, like that guy's a dick. <laughs> like, like, There's like certain people where I'm like, you you can be critical, but you don't have to be purposely an asshole. There's a you big difference. On the other side of just yeah. asking questions, there is, I mean, you gotta understand those people are just as nervous as you are answering a question. Yeah, everyone's nervous. Yeah, <laughs> like on the inside, we all tough. feel like frauds. Like, like, exactly. like, there's no, there's no, no person I met who's a musician who doesn't feel like, like, what they're doing is kind of a lie. Like, like, right. like, there's a weird question. You're like, is this as honest and vulnerable as I can be? And do I want to be that vulnerable, like, in front of people? Or are they gonna just rip me a new one? Like, yeah. and and that's hard. But I feel like the more honest it is, the better. 
I mean, your first album might be your best album, but it's because you've been sitting on it for five years with no expectations to put it out. So. It, first album I always feel is the best album. Yeah, and that's why. It's like a buildup of five years of emotion. It is. <laughs> so, it is like so true. It's like the strokes. Yeah. <laughs> Just so much buildup from um, the... uh, This is it. Okay. <laughs> um, if anyone <laughs> wants to reach you or Spencer, can you... Give me some socials. Yes. Um, so primarily Instagram and I'm Instagram fanatic, I guess. Um, so I'm Kate's karma or Skarma, Kate's karma. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You heard that. Kate's. Kate's karma. Now I can't say it myself. I'm no. at that with the K's. Yeah. Uh, Spell yes. it out. No, uh, K-A-T-E-S-K-A-R-M-A. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if I believe in karma anymore. I made that when I was like 15. So I, do. <laughs> I was going through something. I do. Um, and then um, Spinster Records, uh, just as it sounds, at Spinster Records. Pretty easy to find. There's not a lot of spinsters out there. No, it's not the these best. Days. <laughs> well, I wanted to thank you once um, again for thank you for out. having I think this is the first time I've actually really gotten to talk to you. I'm like, there's people around me. This is crazy. <laughs> I, this is really, really cool and an honor mm-hmm. to get to speak with you. And I really love what you're doing. Everything you guys have going on. I've always been a fan from like afar. So it's just actually cool to like speak with you in person and stuff. So make sure if all you listeners are listening out there, if you're in the Dallas area, to make sure you head out to the Bishop Arts District and visit Spinster Records. Where's it located? <laughs> right across from Eno's. Yeah, I actually wrote the address down. I was nervous. I do, did, it, like, do it, do I, it, do it. I thought I'd get like all sweaty and nervous. So it. I was like, let's get it down. What's that address? Uh, it's 408 North Bishop Avenue, and it's the room 102. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for joining us. <laughs> My name you. is Larry G. I just want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Thank you so much. We look forward to sharing more episodes with you as the months come. Y'all have a great week, weekend, whatever it is. Love somebody. What Take day care. Is it? <laughs> we are the artists that make our cities one of a kind. We are the artists behind all the beauty, even in your home. From the architecture that defines the place where you rest to the space in between lined with fine art, handcrafted furniture, and vintage finds, there was an artist who gave you a priceless gift a piece of themselves. It is our mission to abolish the term starving artistry. This podcast is about interviewing those who have paved the way with their successes in the arts and entertainment industry. Tune in as they give other emerging artist listeners tips to success, as well as advice in the midst of a tipping point. This podcast series will also be a platform to discover together new emerging talent from all over the world. Stay tuned and explore the next Artist Uprising. Use hashtag Artist Uprising to join the movement.